0: Good evening boys and girls, no matter where in the world you might be, uh, we hope you are safe, you are sound. Welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. Look at those legends. Let's settle a debate that has ensued on Twitter for a while, here tonight. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to another hybrid squad. Many of you will be listening on replay this evening. Lots of football going on, World Cup qualifiers, and many of you probably watching now, praying and hoping that Ronaldo gets kicked out of the World Cup. I, for one, am rooting for him because I'd like to see one more possible round of him and Messi meeting on the biggest stage. My podcast brother from another mother, welcome back, Mr. Super Kev. Super Kevin Campbell. Uh,
1: oh, squaddies. All the best and at ease. We've got uh, we got one of the main guys on tonight. So at ease and let's go.
0: We certainly do. Don't say we don't spoil you. Last night, Derek Ray. Tonight, this guy. And on Thursday, Liverpool legend Stevie Nicholl. But for tonight, we have multi-award winning broadcaster. You probably know him if you love the fight scene. Um, he is the co-founder of Fight Disciples. You can hear his dulcet tones on the sports bar, Talk Sport Friday night and of course, BT Sport as well. Welcome, finally, to the show, Mr. Adam Cattrall.
2: Thank you so much for having me, so Thanks, Kev. This is an absolute honour. You know, we've been talking about this for a bit, so haven't we, you know what I mean? But I'm here now. I'm here in. we go. Let's get stuck there in. There you go. There you go. Right. Let's get
1: stuck in.
0: No time wasted. Let's just get stuck in, because Adam and I have had a debate for a quite some time on who is the greatest striker ever in the Premier League. <laughs> now, this is one where maybe stats and data, you know, may lie or don't lie, depending on which side of the fence or which coloured glasses you are looking through. Super Kevin Campbell, one of the greats himself, who's banged in a few goals for a good few teams, including the Arsenal and Everton, uh, has will have his say as well. I looped him into one of our arguments once on Twitter, and uh, Super Kev had my back, but here they are. Two legends who played the game couldn't find the Blackburn Rovers kit.
1: Disgrace. <laughs> Disgraceful. Too long ago,
0: so It's too long ago. Too, too long ago. Uh, Probably. Is, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, both Hall of Famers, of course, mm. um, had amazing uh, careers. I think the reason why Arsenal fans, Adam, stand by the argument for Henri is that he played far less games. 258 games versus Shearer's, I think, 434. Uh, Shearer's record, of course, insane. Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong, 260 goals. Um, Mr. Thierry Henry, 175. I would just hand the floor to you. Based on the games played if you were starting a team today, if you were if you were the owner of, oh. if you were the good old Jack Walker oh, back oh, oh, in the day, oh, oh. <laughs> who are you buying? <laughs> um, listen, Kev
2: will be able to 100% shed more light on on early Shearer, right? Now, I'm a Blackburn Roberts fan for people who don't know. So in 1992, when Jack Walker splashed out 3.3 million quid, a record transfer at the time for a lad called Alan Shearer, who, would, who hadn't really done it at international level who hadn't done it at Southampton as of yet. He was just told, there's a real hot prospect when he came to Blackburn Rovers and we saw him within two or three games. In fact, we played Arsenal second game of the season. First home game in the Premier League. He was absolute mustard. He could do everything. And it's not the Shearer that maybe a lot of people watching this remember at the back end of his career. This is a guy yeah. pre double cruciates. He did both his cruciates in that first season. He was rapid. He went past people. Every time he touched it, he seemed to go in the back of the net. And if you've just mentioned his overall record there, right? 260 goals in the Premier League through 440 games or whatever it was. His record at Blackburn in the Premier League, 112 in 136. It is absolute bonkers what that guy did for my club. Now, obviously, that was only over three years, four years. Won the Premier League. And he won the Premier League in a team. With all due respect to Thierry, right? He's got Perez passing him the ball. He's got Bergkamp <laughs> passing him the ball. He's got Jungberg doing his thing and Vieira going through the middle, right? My lad's got Jason Wilcox and and Nicky and, 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 and Marker giving him the ball, mate. You know what I'm saying? This
1: kid knows. just hey, don't forget Rippers. Stuart Ripley and Jason Wilcox. I'll tell you Take one thing the about ball. them, too. I'll yeah, tell yeah. you one thing about them, too. They were effective at what they'd done. They could out the feet, the out man. the feet,
2: exactly out
1: the feet. Crossed it, and Shearer did the rest. Easy work. You knew when it was coming in. So for somebody like Alan Shearer and and Chris Sutton, we got to put Sutton yeah. in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was yeah. a perfect foil for for Alan Shearer because Alan Shearer was the one who tended to hunt space then because yeah. that's when he could run. Obviously, as you mentioned, because of his his knees, etc. But Listen, I understand, and it sounds a bit more flamboyant, Perez and Lundberg and all oh, of this party. <laughs> I get it, Adam, I get it. But, you know, fair play fair play to Kenny Douglas for buying the weapons for that yeah. Blackburn team. Jason Wilcox obviously was a homegrown player, but, you know, what a team you had. You had a really good team. Mate, it was a good team.
2: It was a good buzz at that time, and obviously Shearer was the talisman of that. And to be fair to him, when he... Do you know something? This argument could be so much easier for me. If in 96, when he'd left Blackburn and went to Newcastle, obviously that was a home decision. He wanted to go and play for his hometown club. If he goes to Manchester United at that point, which Mm. they wanted him, if he'd have gone Mm -hmm. at that point, I honestly think that this wouldn't even be a debate because the guy had gone on to win multiple Premier Leagues, Champions Leagues, he'd have probably scored over 300 goals in a team where Beckham and Giggs are crossing him the ball. You know what I mean? Mm. So for him to
1: yeah he's got key. For, for him Giggs. for him to
2: do for him to do what he did in a blackburn and a newcastle team no disrespect to either of those sides but for him to do that in those sides i think he's absolutely exceptional but listen i might i might i, I might even concede this because <laughs> 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 As I look at stats from Thierry, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a guy that didn't just do it at Arsenal. He went Barcelona. He's done it everywhere, mate. He's done it absolutely everywhere on the international scene. All right, so no need to show off, right? <laughs> oh, I'm just, it's only four hundred and eleven goals. That's a bit mean. And, and if you're looking at the eye test for a longer period of time, he was a beautiful player to watch, wasn't he? for a longer period of time in those early years at Blackburn, Shearer did a lot of beautiful things because he had the pace as he got injured and he kind of changed his game a little bit, became more of a hold-up guy and used his head a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, it maybe was a little bit of a different watch. Henri for a longer period of time was just a beautiful, beautiful player to watch. I'm still backing Shearer though. I'm still backing Shearer.
0: That was a fun, honestly, that was, that Blackburn team was a fun team, uh, to watch. Um, I'm going to swing back to them real quick. I'm just wondering here, Kev and Adam, if Terence is actually an Arsenal fan. Shearer was better than Henri. Wait, gets better. Rooney was better than Henri. Watch this. Drogba was better than Henri. Etu was better than Henri. I could go on and on. Terence, are you in the wrong podcast? Yeah. Maybe there's a Man United one on tonight or a Barcelona. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're in the right place. So just check yourself, Terence. <laughs> <laughs> before you wreck True. yourself, Terence. Yanis <laughs> um, says, don't want to hear about stats. Just watch highlights of both players and you can see what they can do on the ball. Shearer doesn't even come close. Hang on,
2: Yanis, Yanis, listen, <laughs> right? Just go back to 92, 93. That first season, Shearer's gliding past people, man.
1: Even before Henri's out of nappy, son, he was doing the business, trust me. <laughs> can, I, can I just intervene a little bit? I think sometimes... Because this is such a, a, a difficult situ- uh, situation to compare. Because I think when you look at goal scorer or player, yeah, that's what we're looking at. Henry, yeah, right. you know, you look at a goal scorer, Alan Shearer will guarantee you goals. That's for sure. Yeah. Blackburn, he was younger, obviously fitter, etc. Didn't have to manage his, 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 his body as much he was flying he was running over the top he was he was dynamic he was excellent
0: also kev but- one of yeah, go, on. Go, no, on. go on, no, go on, finish. No no, 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 go, go on. On.
1: No, say no. your piece because it might tie in with what I'm Because
0: I think what's underestimated about Shearer is that he actually scored spectacular goals as well. Like, I know Henri gets all the plaudits and I agree with what Adam's saying. Like, he could score out of nothing. He wasn't just your six-yard, eight-yard box getting onto the end of the corner. I mean, he scored some screamers in his time. Sorry, Kev, go, go on.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you, when you look at the type of goals that they score, don't get me wrong. Alan Shearer is the record goal scorer, obviously, in, in, in the Premier League. Yeah. And you see the goals that he scored. I mean, he scored some free kicks, belters from 30 yards out. He scored volleys. That's celebration. Unbelievable, you know, <laughs> running away at the Gallagher end and all that. Well, Adam knows that he's he's running away at, at Ewood Park end. doing yeah, yeah, all
0: exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: that. Time and time again. But when we look at some of the goals that Henri scored. These are these are FIFA goals. These are dream yeah. goals that you 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 dream about against some of the best teams as well. So the fact of the matter is, was Alan Shearer as spectacular as Henri? No, he wasn't. That's for sure.
2: No, I think Henri
1: was a, a better all-round player.
2: Yeah, I agree. Why?
1: Because let's be honest, Adam, he wasn't a striker to start with. He was a winger. Yeah, who got converted to be a devastating forward and then a striker. Alan Sherrill is a number nine from day one. I played with him in the under 21s, We've been we've, we've known each other since we were kids. Goal scorer, supreme, bum bum bam, bam, definitely. Left foot, right foot, head. He will score 20, 25 goals a season. So I think that's what you're weighing up. Who's the better player and who's the better goal scorer? I yeah. think I know who the better player is. But when you talk about better goal scorer, I think your bread and butter, people would look at Alan Shearer and think, I'll take Shearer. Because I know what I'm going to get. But I know who the better player is with goals and maybe with assists as well. So, so all round, Henri's definitely the one. But goal for goal... Are, are and Adam, I'm, get, not, get, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to argue you. with Super Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, Henri's not
2: getting 175 goals in that Blackburn team. I'm telling you now, sunshine. I tell you. no chance. <laughs> no chance. Terence,
0: Adam's lawyer, Terence is saying exactly, exactly the same thing. Um, we one got, thing I will say, just yeah, just, on the, on.
2: just on the Henri thing. One of, she, she, you're right in what you just said, Ke- Shearer scored unbelievable goals. There's two goals from from opponents that stand out in my mind that he would part. One is the Leticia goal from miles out, which was unbelievable. And the other one, Henri, it's in, it's Paul Shearer. It's in the team where Brad Friedel, I think is in goal. Henri picks the ball up at left back. He beats. Goes down the line. Mate, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then he comes in and then he just bends he sick. all one movement, just bends it into the top corner and runs off to the away fans. And I'm like, God, are you taking the mick out of us? Man? What are you doing? <laughs> it was unbelievable goal. Unbelievable.
0: And he did that a lot to a lot of teams, you know, uh, throughout his career. Um, one of our favorite um our demian who does a lot of our arsenal women stuff with him adam is amazing he loves listening to you on talk sport he thinks you should be the host of drive talk sport sports bar he said if if adam could host every show that would be the best thing. he's <laughs> Mate, actually just come- <laughs> <of me>. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually playing percussion right now for miley cyrus in on her south american tour and oh, taking wicked. time out to to listen. He's a massive fan of yours, yeah. as is our tactical squad guy, James Johnston, who just wrote a little bit ago. He loves all your UFC stuff and um, thinks you're an absolute legend and, and stuff. So, That's very yes. kind. You've got yeah. a kind crew here, man. You've got a nice I'm, little kind crew, haven't you? kev we we have actually considering social <laughs> and youtube our squaddies have self-labeled themselves squaddies um mm-hmm. self-promotion uh, and yeah we do have a kind community from all corners of the earth so it's it's very good uh, very good indeed right let's get stuck into some other bits and bobs then here now we've settled mm-hmm. that debate which i think ended very cordially and very <laughs> f- very very fairly as well uh, to say the least um need to get your take of course on Actually, I want to ask you something before we move on to the top four and stuff. Something's been really bugging me today and I've been wanting to ask Kev about it because Kev talks all the time, Adam, and I know that you're a bit old school too. And I want to compare it a little bit to the UFC um, because you cover that so brilliantly. I mean, Wilder, Fury, McGregor, Rousey. I mean, you've done it all. You've been there and you've hang hang out with them, spoken to them, know their lives, what they've been through. And I was listening to the Drive Time show today, and it was really bugging me the way, you know, I will say Goldstein and um, Charlie Austin were defending the criticism of Harry Maguire and how, you know, modern day players are immune to criticism. We this, Abuse and being a dick is out the window. We're not talking about that. Those people yeah. need to just go home. But when you're talking about criticism and fan criticism, Kev says to me, like, he was cleaning v- Viv Anderson's boots. He was cleaning everyone's boots. He had to graft. He had to, couldn't moan. You know, you don't say anything out of line. George Graham would have your guts for garters. Mm. And... It just seems to me like Charlie Austin was moaning about the QPR thing, Tyrone Ming's on the on the Harry Maguire thing today. Uh, and, you know, in general, it just feels like they've become a bunch of moany mares. And then compare that to Tyson Fury hitting rock bottom. He's converted me, someone who, I, who said horrible things about my community many, many years ago, but kind of has come back, fought back, tried to show, like, I'm a better human being, I can overcome adversity. Can you tell me what you think about that? And especially in comparison to the modern day footballer versus some of the ufc fighters
2: yeah i think i think you're talking about two different types of upbringing into the sport aren't you i mean fighters by nature don't necessarily come from a modicodd background it's not necessarily put on a plate for them from a very young age a lot of these people for example you, you mentioned conor mcgregor we'll use him as probably the most famous in the, in the ufc we're talking about a guy that was on welfare right up until the point of him making his ufc debut so therefore there's real life experience for a lot of people in the fight game, they've actually gone and done normal jobs. They've suffered normal problems. They're going through the majority of things that what we go through on a day by day basis. Therefore there's an appreciation and understanding of, what that is like in the real world, whereas, no disrespect to footballers, I would have loved to have been one. But it seems now, and it's I'm sure it was very different when Kev was uh, was coming through. Now we're talking about guys and girls that are getting signed at five, six, seven years of age. They're assigned to a football club, and if they're really, really good, they're going to be with that football club for a long period of time, and therefore they're going to be pampered in a way. Everything's going to be done for them. I mean, I know pros that have come out of the game in the 30s, and they don't know. You know how to book themselves a doctor's appointment or they don't know how to book themselves various things that you would class as real life situations and i just think there's a because they've been sheltered so much because there's been so much pampering in their in their upbringing through their through their teenage lives and into their professional lives when something does come their way that's adverse and someone does critique them they react in a completely different way than what you would expect a normal human being to react to it's it's like whoa we can't we can't take that i don't know what kev's thoughts are on that but my experience is from fighters because they have that earth Mm. earthing let's just say they're they're a little bit more understanding of it and they can they can take it a little bit more
1: i feel the same uh, adam to be honest Uh, look i know I, i keep getting it i fall foul of a lot of the squaddies at times because of my the way i think Players have to have a thick skin. If you're getting if you're getting criticised and you deserve it, you shut your mouth and you get on with it. It's that simple. And you have got to try and improve your game because you know what fans would always fans would always back you if you're having a goal. Mm-hmm. But if you're crying and bleating and trying to make excuses, I'm out. And you tend to find that happens a lot more now. Teammates are sticking up for teammate when, really. Has Harry Maguire had a good season? No. no. Is, Harry, is, is, is Harry Maguire, should Harry Maguire be starting for England because of form? No. Mm-hmm. So the criticism that comes with when you're not playing well, you have to hold your hand up and say, do you know what? I ain't playing well. Do you know what I mean? You have to accept it. But they don't want to do that anymore. And this is a real surprise to me.
0: This is what I like. What MK said: leaders don't blame others; they blame themselves. And I think with Gareth Southgate, he's got a trusted group of players that got him to two semi-finals. You can, and a, sorry, a semi-final and a final. You can totally understand why he's sticking by them. I'm also of the ilk that form takes you into a tournament with confidence. I think the difference with Sterling going into the Euros versus Maguire now is Sterling didn't seem to be shot of confidence, you know, and I think he's just been at a different level, won a lot of different things versus what Maguire has been able to achieve. So if I kind of switch gears a little bit here, and I think it's the belly aching that I don't like. If I was Mings and the presser today, I said, look, I don't want to talk about that. Let's just talk about the game. Let's talk about football. But Mm -hmm. I think this need to defend him, I don't know if the PR team are telling them to do so versus just saying, look, I just want to stick to football questions. Um, I think it's
1: a natural thing more so because obviously he's come under fire previously. So Mm. when they fire something like that at at you, I think Tyrone Mings will will just want to protect him anyway because he's a teammate, he's a friend or whatever. Uh, uh, That bit I get. But do you know what? The press, England should be able to control some of the narrative from the press. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I don't think he's... The, the fact that Tyrone Mings defended him, I'm not surprised by. It. But the fact of the matter is, whatever they're gonna say, is they're gonna spin it derogatory. It's gonna be derogatory. Well,
0: he just shouldn't have to be put in that position. You know, exactly. it's not his. It's not his role to defend him. Exactly. Um, so
1: if you want to ask Harry Maguire something, ask Harry Maguire. Don't ask. You know, don't ask me that. But that's how they get a headline. Yes.
0: I digress for just a second. Uh, would, would, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would Will Smith survive? Would, 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 Will, would Will Smith survive a punch from Conor McGregor? <laughs> no,
2: Absolutely no. not. That is a stinging left hand. If he lands it clean, everybody's going over. Even though oh. <laughs> Look at that suit.
0: Um, actually, he's a suit guy. I know him. He's, he's actually got his office here, and he's got one in LA in Orange County. David August. He's uh, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that did the F.U. suit. Um, the, yeah, well, they've got a
2: line together. They've got uh, August McGregor. They've got the, They've got their own line together now.
0: Yeah, I was working for a brand where they were looking to collaborate, and um, David August was one that that came up. So, okay, Maguire or Benjamin White, Mr. Cattrall. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed.
2: I've just seen the England team. I've watched the first 15 minutes of it. and They've stuck your boy out on at uh, right back, haven't they? And obviously, all this talk about where Harry Maguire's at at this moment, I think it's quite evident, Kev said a moment or two ago, the guy's bang out of form. Um, I think I'm, I've been quite fortunate to have watched Ben when he was at Leeds, obviously playing against my lot, Blackburn, for a long period of time, and he was absolute mustard. He was really, really good. So I'm not surprised that Brighton... Wanted him back, and I'm not surprised then that Arsenal have shelled out the amount of money uh, in order to bring him on. I thought that at the start of the season, it took him maybe three, four, five games to just to settle into to what he was being asked to do. But now, when I watch him, he looks like a proper modern centre-half. And when I when I say modern centre-half, someone that is okay on the football. I think that's crucial, isn't it? For the type of football that you lot want to play. He's got to be crucial. He's got to be good on the football, not only from a distribution point of view, but he's got to be prepared to actually bring it out into the midfield areas to commit guys when to game to tight. You want someone from that back line to be able to break lines. And he looked good. Can you say the same thing about Harry Maguire? Right now, no, you can't. There's been moments where Harry Maguire's looked that he can do that mainly in an England shirt not a Man United mm. shirt It looked like he can do that in an England shirt um, so if you're asking me to right now I know this is, sounds like we're Harry Maguire bashing doesn't it you know and I know that we're on your
0: no uh, we're, not. we're not
2: we're not we're uh, favouring Arsenal players but if I was to pick one of those two centre halves now to go into my team at centre half Ben White would be the choice all day long right now
0: yeah he did quite well at right back the other day Kev when they they shifted they um, changed it Yeah, they changed it is that a good thing or a bad thing for for us? Do you think it matters? I
1: mean, it doesn't matter for us, but I think what it does, it helps Ben White's England career. Mm-hmm. Because if the manager knows he's flexible enough and can play there, then that's another string to his bow. Whether they play three at the back, five at the back, or whatever, Ben White probably has three positions now. So. He can play wing back, he can play right back, and he can play centre-half. Mm-hmm. you've got a better chance of getting in the squad with with three, three different positions.
0: All right, so let's get to Adam and his take on our picks for the next few games. So, Adam, we do this. Um, we pick five games as we go, right? All right. Um, so we started with the Liverpool game. So Kev was on a roll. We had five wins in a row from the previous games, and now we've got the next five. We picked um, a draw against Liverpool, got a bit unlucky, if we may say so ourselves, okay. until, the, until the second half happened. <laughs> uh, we picked a win against um, Aston Villa, got that right. And we've gone. Kev's gone for a win against Palace, I've gone for a draw. We've both gone for wins against Brighton and we've both gone for wins against Southampton. In our opinion, these are the next three games we've got to get the nine points with Man United, West Ham, Chelsea, the North London Derby, Newcastle, Leeds all coming down the road. What's your take? Smiling, look at him. He wants us to. Oh, come on, Adam, let's hear it. Oh God. Is, is this
2: is this the conversation about the race for the top four, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. go on. This it transitions re- oh. into that, of course. All right,
2: okay. <laughs> um, listen, I've, I've looked at your fixtures and I've looked at Spurs fixtures because Man United fans watching this, if there are Man United fans watching this, they will think that they're still in this. I genuinely don't think they are. I think Man United will be about five or six points off the team that finishes fifth. So this is between you and Spurs. You know that. It's, pure, it's purely between you two going, in, going for that top four spot. And the way I've worked this out, very similar to what you guys do on a week-by-week basis, go through the fixtures, where you're going to get the results and what have you. I actually think over uh, if we take the North London derby out of it, I think that at the end of all those games, Spurs will be a point ahead of you. <laughs> so Who invited him
0: again? I didn't. Did you, so that, you invite him, Kev? So therefore what I'm, I'm off, saying.
2: <laughs> I'm off to, so therefore, <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's on the North London derby. You win the North London derby, you'll finish fourth. That's where I'm at.
0: So we've said for many weeks that there's a reason they're not scheduling that North London derby yet. They're gonna put it near
2: the end of the season. Yeah, That's what they're gonna do. Yeah, of course. They're they're yeah, scoring.
0: then then they know they know what they're doing. Um so currently we're three points ahead of Tottenham, four ahead of yeah. United. And you have got what, games in
2: hand, yeah. What have you got? With Just
0: one, one game, game in hand, one, one, game, game, one game, one game, one game in hand. One game in hand. I, I've always thought that not playing the North London Derby when Son was injured was going to come back to bite us in the ass, and I really hope that that yeah. isn't the case because Kane and Son seem to have found their groove again. Antonio Conte's yeah. been here before, right? He's he's the manager with the experience. But what do you think of arteta and the fact that he has got us to fourth and oh, oh mate. do you do you think um mate do you think that this becomes if we don't get it we've blown it or if we don't get it there'll be forgiveness
2: no listen you know what football fans are like they're the bonkers aren't they i mean look at my lot blackburn for example we at some point this season we Flying. were second in the, we Flying. were second in the league and we're okay we're going backwards a little bit now there's fans calling for the manager's head. If we don't get into the playoffs, he taking the mic. If we'd have finished 10th at the start of the season, we'd have all been delighted. So now there's got to be perspective. You've got to understand where you were at the start and where you're at now. If we finished sixth or seventh, that's progression on the season previous. For, for what Arteta's done, from where you were at the start of the se- season, with the criticism that was coming is where with the way that get, games were going, with the way that they were playing, mm-hmm. The way that he has managed this season has been absolutely exceptional. He's got rid of players that were quite obviously bad eggs in your dressing room. He's managed, and we're talking legit players. We're talking people that other people have been snapping your arm off to get their hands on. He's managed to wheedle weed, them out, get rid of them. He's trusted a lot of young guys. And look how you're playing now that midfield line, the, Martinelli's playing that inside left role. I, it's it's beautiful to watch, and I just I, if you actually analyse Arsenal and Manchester United, where, where both of you both those teams are at right now, Arsenal are in a, a great position of just being able to add to what they've got. You have got young guys only just started out together. They don't look like they're going to be going anywhere anytime soon. If you added to that, perfect. If you look at Man United, they need to blow the whole thing up. It, it's it's bust. It's a busted plus That's not going to be competing for the league anytime soon. So I think. If it doesn't happen, if you finish fifth, I think that is still a tremendous season for Arsenal and Arteta in this in this period that you're going through right now. And then I think genuinely you can build on that, keep that momentum going to build on that for next season. And then next season, you're obviously then going to be judged on whether you can finish top four. I think if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think... it, it shouldn't. There shouldn't be an outcry. It, I think it would be very unlucky for, for it not to happen this year. I actually think you're overachieving right now, if I'm really, really honest.
1: Yeah. I, I th- think you're right, Adam. I think, I think you're right about overachieving. But Adam, here's the here's the thing. When let's 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 put it like Conor McGregor. When Conor McGregor gets that opportunity to be champ, you've got to take it. The opportunity is there, you've got to take it. If you don't take it, that's another will I ever get the chance again? So now we are where we are, 10 games to go, great opportunity. Yeah, there are some tough games, but we've played them already. We've played everybody already. We, we should fear nothing. You know what I mean? So I just, I'd be disappointed at fifth. do Don't get oh, you, you gave me fifth at the start of the season. I said we'd finish fifth. Yeah. I'd have snapped your hand off. Yeah. But now where we are with 10 games to go? It's going to sting it's it, it's um it's a great opportunity.
2: You you I do you think that you've got a more difficult running than them?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Just well, they've got the to play Liverpool name, just yeah. by the name of teams. Yeah. Yeah, 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 But yeah. you know what, Adam? I think that will help us because the teams we're playing are not just going to sit back and say, you know, come at us, Arsenal. They're going to try and beat us. So that's going to create gaps ourselves. That's what we need.
0: Yeah. I mean, our, some of our fans, Adam, think that, for example, they're more fearful of the Palace game than the United game. But you know, yeah. we we are completely agree. Are those is that you, away
2: from home? Is that Palace? Palace, yeah. Palace yeah, Monday, so Palace. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And he's got you know Patrick's doing a great job with with Palace right now. Um, really nurturing those young players too. Uh, but for me, I don't want to kind of look use the rearview mirror syndrome. Is that United game at Old Trafford? Is the Everton game at Goodison going to come back to horribly haunt us? You know, West Ham, is it a good time to play them right now? By the time we play them, it'll be towards yeah. the end of end of the month. You know, um, I, 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 I agree with you. And Kevin, I've always said it's between us and Tottenham just because Manchester United are too unpredictable and they play more yeah. like individuals than they do a team. So... Yeah. Um okay, so listen, let-
2: you listen, you go to their place and beat them in the North London derby you there, aren't you? I yeah. think I think
0: that, you know. I mean it would be a sweet moment that'll
1: be. What a sweet <laughs> moment. Be. What a sweet
0: <laughs> moment that-, Is that that's gonna be worse than watching Liverpool Tottenham in the Champions League final? Is it? Is it gonna uh, be I that? didn't watch it so I'm not interested. I know. In I saw the I saw not- the penalty go in and I left the house and went for a run. <laughs> a really long run like Forrest yeah. Gump. <laughs>
1: oh geez, just kept going and going. That had uh, look, to
0: be the most painful day, Kev, and Adam. Oh, my gosh, that, that was so painful. I've got a question
1: for Adam. Adam, of all your yeah. awards, what is your favourite?
0: Wow. Um, I forgot to put this up, by the way. There he is. Hey. There's the king. There's the king. <laughs> no wonder he's sticking
2: with his man. Love it, Adam. <laughs> look <at laughs> we, look like a, we look like a slim version of the Mitchell you brothers do. there. Don't you, do, you, you do. You do. You do. You
0: um, do. You do. You do. There's, there's two
2: I think the first one is always the sweetest because it valid it kind of validates your your belief in yourself and your abilities in yourself and i think the first one that fight disciples one because that's a product that me and my mate set up and and for that our own personal pr- uh production to to be validated in the in the big old world there he is there's nick um i think that would be those two would be the one. The first ever one that I got as an individual years and years and years ago just to validate what I'm actually doing with my life. And then uh, the one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to myself tonight, man? You're this is, this is your out.
0: life.
1: Because, <laughs> <laughs> Adam, look, we could always, he's a we could always ask you about Gatecrasher, mate. You know what I mean? Mate. <laughs> now Tell the squaddies a little bit about Gatecrasher because some of them might not know. Well, that's where it all started.
2: When I, when I was 15, 16 years of age, my dad asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I, my, my thing was always that I wanted to be like Chris Evans. So when he was yeah. doing Radio 1 Breakfast Show or TFI Friday, I wanted to do the type of programs that he was doing. But obviously, as a 15, 16-year-old kid, I that, didn't know how to do that. So my mum, and dad ended up helping me fund some decks. So I started making a few quid at the weekend, DJing at people's parties, and then went into nightclubs in my local town and what have you. And then I just got picked up off this geezer that was... In a nightclub that I was DJing at, he asked me to come along, and I ended up down the road meeting a few people, ended up becoming resident at Gate crashes so that, that was that story, like 18, 19, 20 years of age. That's a madness. Living, that's a life. Mad. living a great a life, life. life, Adam. Say they, no more. Hey, listen,
0: Amazing. Say
2: no more indeed. Some of them stories <laughs> need to be locked away, let me tell
1: you.
0: <laughs> I love it. Just brilliant stuff. And then, of course, you end up... You know, you're on BT Sport. You guys do a brilliant job, honestly. And I love Gareth. Gareth, I have my man crushes, Gareth A. Davies, I'm telling you. The dude (laughs) is an absolute legend. Um, Probably wears the best boots in the business. um, (laughs) No doubt about that. You give
2: him a run for his money. You give him a run for his money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, you guys do when when you're on TalkSport or whether you're just doing Fight Disciples. So of all these pictures I've put up, all these fighters, maybe there's not one on here. Um, You and Tyson um wilder yeah. um this is uh muhammad right um here muhammad
2: Mokayev, yeah he's, yep. he's gonna in my opinion he's gonna go on to become uh, a ufc world champion this kid he's unbelievable his story's phenomenal he, he uh was a refugee from dagestan and moved to wigan and now he represents great britain it's fantastic fantastic that's, a,
0: that's an amazing story and and connor of, obviously show showman showman type i mean you love talking to them all but who who have been some of your favorites
2: the the ones that always stick out for me are the guys that I used to watch when I was a kid. So like people ask all the time about the modern guys like obviously Connor and Tyson and, and AJ and people like that. That's more of a job now. Whereas when I got to meet Naz, Nazim Ahmed, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. that's silly. Because <laughs> when I when I was a kid, it was basically Alan Shearer, Noel Gallagher out of Oasis, <laughs> <laughs> and Prince Nazim Ahmed. Prince that was the, it, yeah. they, were, they were the heroes, man. So watching yeah. Naz do his thing in the nineties, he was just sensational. So now to be in a position to chat to him just generally and Naz just he's still Naz. He's still he's still crazy, isn't he? He's still mate, crazy. He's, he's bonkers. He's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> just to be around Naz, that that's that's the one. That
0: um that whole period in the nineties was so much fun, wasn't it, with you bank, Ben, um mm. Watson. Watson. Collins. Yeah. Co- it it yeah, reminded Collins. me a little bit of the, similarly in the t- in the sense of you couldn't wait for the fight when it was Hagler, um, Roberto Duran, you know, yeah. Thomas the Hitman, yeah. Hearns. That, oh, that key, whole,
1: All that lot. There were so that, many. Yeah I,
0: yeah. I mean, I love... I, talking to fighters is fascinating. I mean, I, I said, I mentioned to Adam, when I worked with Jake LaMotta, I was like, wow, this is... I know he had a bit of a checkered past, but another one like Tyson Fury, Adam, who when he went as his life went on and he met his last wife just completely changed everything about his thinking and you know his beliefs and how he treated people and but he still felt like he could get in the ring I mean the dude was you know still winking at women and <laughs> still thinking he could get in the ring and stuff like that so still a lot listen, of fight thought, in him
2: yeah I thought I was name dropping with Naz you've just gone Jake LaMotta on me you've topped off <laughs> everything
0: i have to say it was one of those pinch myself moments you know yeah it was insane um insane and his wife is a lovely lovely lady who took care of him and's taken care of his legacy and everything about kind of you know how his story's being told now too so it's pretty cool right we're gonna get you out on some fun stuff okay so we can all go and watch some football um how bad do you want burnley to be relegated
2: massively massively (laughs) mate I knew we'd get on this. Right. I'm going to tell you why they're going down. <laughs> now, listen, I've got a lot of respect for Sean Dyche. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous just with what he's done for them. He's been absolutely he's been brilliant, he? absolutely brilliant. He might not be necessarily the most attractive football to watch, but it's it's been effective. brilliant for them. It's effective, However, it? right, I've got a lot of mates are Burnley fans and they've been at me now. They've had, they've had me for about, what, five, six, seven years. I've had enough of it, mate. I've had absolutely, I've had enough of it. If we're not going up this year, that lot are coming down, let me tell yes. you. So, come on. Derby, get Derby day. day. Bring it back, man. Let's bring back them Derby days. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> but how rewarding would it be? Because as Arsenal fans, of course, the dream is always like, oh, yeah, Tottenham relegated, we win the league. Whatever the scenarios are, you you guys could actually still make the playoffs, right? The, yes. It's Right? So once you're yeah. in the playoffs, anything can happen in football. And like Kev always says, you know, when two teams meet, anything anything can happen in those big moments. For them to go down oh, and you guys on. to even have the chance to be in a playoff you know to come up. Listen, that's... listen. <laughs> it's
2: tough, right? This is what this is. We're getting Tyson Fury, dillian White this year. We're hopefully going to get AJ Usick rematch. We might get a Conor McGregor return. John Jones might come back to the UFC. I'd trade Mm. them all in for that that you've just said. (laughs) We go up there, come down. Let's go.
0: That's brilliant. life.
1: That's life. That's life. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so epic. Well, we're rooting for you, put it that way. Um, you know, teams like Watford, Yo Yo, Norwich. Yo yo agree with you, Sean Deitch has done an amazing job. They're actually playing better football this year, which is shocking. Yeah. You know, I thought that Veghorse will probably save them from from relegation, but but we'll see. Uh we'll see what happens. Who ends up going down? Do, I hate I've saying got... this? Do Kevs Everton survive?
1: Well
2: Um Norwich are done, right? So you've got Watford and Burnley. I actually think Burnley will finish above Watford. And I think I think uh, Everton stay up by a point. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the games to go. I actually think Everton and Leeds will finish on the same amount of points, and it'll be a by a point. Maybe I've just done this because of my rose tinted glasses. go <laughs> down by a smidge. I don't know, but I think Burnley go down by a point. I think Everton will survive just. All
1: right, I, Adam. And- I've got to say sorry, so <laughs> no, you know on, what? Kev. I've just worked this out. Adam wants Burnley to be crying on the last day of the season yeah, 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 that's, yeah. He was. that's it that's it he wants his mates in tears he I was. want them I want them I want
2: them to have hope Kev that's what it yeah. is I want them to go into that last day I want them to think that they they're all right I love football <laughs> and then I don't know some mad little thing where you Track guys goal. get seven minutes yeah VAR you know I mean? seven
0: minutes could you imagine VAR- your VAR, VAR, and
2: VAR would be the best
0: Oh my gosh, that's so oh, mean! Man. I love it though. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, also, Adam, just real quick, there's uh, a Blackpool. Another, <laughs> if you had to manage Blackpool or Burnley, Indeed. but and it had to be a choice. I'm assuming you choose Blackpool over Burnley every yeah. day of the week. I've yeah, no, i have no problem. Yeah, with Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've
2: got the, they've got the they've got the theme park up there, aren't they? You can have a little bit of fun up there. No problem.
0: Do they still have that <laughs> avalanche ride at that theme park? No, they've
2: got it. Listen, it's the Las Vegas of the north. So oh, get yourself, get it. yourself, brilliant. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Uh, Real quick before you go, uh, there's a dedication to Tony Parks. um, 400 appearances, 12 years, 20 plays, uh, he played 12 years, 22 years at the club, I think it is. Adam, uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago. I just wanted to touch on something heartfelt before you left. Uh, Kev is all about, we have two shows um, that we do with Kev where we recognize the people that have come before us. Kev talks about Geordie Armstrong a lot, Pat Rice, Tony Parks, a huge figure, not only at Blackburn, but also had an impact on Blackpool as well.
2: Listen, he is Mr. Blackburn Rovers. I know that a lot of credit will go to Jack Walker whenever you're talking about Mr. Blackburn Rovers. Tony Parks is the guy, as you just said, player. And when... It hits the fan. You find out what people are all about, don't you? When we've lost managers in the past. How many times has he stepped up to be caretaker manager? To yep. so steady the ship, to keep us ticking mm-hmm. over. To see him in this situation. I mean, Alzheimer's is, is is it's horrific. It's a horrific illness and disease. And obviously, you see him every now and again at matches. His daughter brings him along to the matches. And it's so good to see former players just returning to games to to spend a little bit of time with Tony. Have a chat about some memories and various things like that. I mean, we're talking Shearer's done it, Mike Newell's done it. They've all been back to Ewood Park over the last three to four months just to watch a game with him and and spend some time with him just to show exactly what he means about the Romans. That's brilliant. And I think there's there's a dinner coming up in the in the next six weeks or so where there's again very similar to things where former players are coming and people from the town are coming to raise money for the charities that they're raising money for. So yeah, Fantastic. he is—he's a real one. He is Mr. Blackman rovers no doubt about that.
0: Fantastic. Lovely, brilliant. Um, okay, so let everyone know where they can find you before we let you in go. my
2: basement, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's it. this is
0: where we're making shots, isn't it? This is where we're churning it out. <laughs> Are you still uh, taking your little one to city? You still? Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, Kev. This is a nightmare, right? Obviously, he's he's looked at Blackburn he says nah mate I'm not having any of that so he's become a city fan he's well, been to the spaceship has he been to the spaceship uh, he loves it he can't get enough of it but my, my little girl's five she wants to go against the brother so she's come on board now she's Rovers mate so she, so we've been right. going on there Ooh. so she, she, she's the one who comes to the Rovers games and he right. makes me take him on to the game so yeah we've got a little bit right. of a oh. she wants to get promoted she wants the promotion so therefore she could go there as an away
1: fan. she wants to sit in the away at it. It, fantastic it, mate. fantastic so, yeah. Absolutely
0: know, the love game. It. Kev, your, bo- your two boys grew up Arsenal fans, no? They both support the Arsenal.
1: No, no. Born in Manchester, grew up Man City fans.
0: Oh,
1: believe gosh. it or not.
0: How'd that happen? They said, well, I say that. My had dad's Arsenal, United fan. Had then.
1: Arsenal kits as babies. Obviously I had Everton kit because I was at Everton. Had city kits. My mate bought them. Jason bought them Man United kits. They <laughs> I tell you what, they never even put it on.
0: Wow! They wouldn't even. They
1: wouldn't even put it on because the school they go to, it's either City or United, yeah. and they've been And they were City fans before the money came in.
0: Newman having a go at you. That's poor fatherhood. <laughs>
1: Such hey. a shit. Head. No No Man, let me just tell you this much. You have children, then you t- then you'll know
0: Hey, listen, my dad's a United fan, my mum's a Stoke City supporter. So how'd that happen? I mean it's crazy. Hey, and you're an
1: Arsenal fan.
0: And I'm so a there Gooner. you go. Yeah, yeah. My brother's a Tottenham fan. Yeah, well, it's a mess you, at yeah, our there house. There it's, it's a total <laughs> mess, Adam. Yeah, totally. Kids have their well, own look- mind. Adam, do you promise to come back to have a little bit more fun with us on another occasion? Because the, the squaddies, the one, number one question they want to know is which footballers would survive in the octagon or if there was a five-a-side and reverse it. So when you come back, we can have a little bit of some fun fun questions for you and, and do some of that jazz. How about that?
2: 100%. We'll do it when Blackburn get promoted and Burnley get relegated. That's
0: <laughs> okay. One, <yeah? laughs> okay. Done and done. Thanks so that. much for joining us. Wait, at Fight Disciples, right?
2: Yeah, and, that's right. And if, at if, Adam Kettrell. That's right. You know, we're across everything, as you said, you've said it all. We're on BT Sport doing the UFC, Talk Sport, we've got all the boxing and what have you, come and join us. If you're into it, come and join us and hopefully I'll turn you into becoming a little bit of a
0: fight fan. You will That's not it. regret it, kids. Adam, thank you so much. I'm gonna uh, give it to Ken ease. now, aren't I? Yeah, you've got fantastic,
2: Adam. Brilliant. Thanks stuff. for joining
0: us, Adam. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take Cheers. care. Bye-bye. Cheers, that bye is bye. the brilliant Adam Cattrall, Um multi-award winning broadcaster. Top shelf stuff, right, Kev? Top top, top guy. Absolutely top
1: guy as well. So he, you could see he, he's having fun with all the people he's interviewing. He's having fun with them, isn't he? So that tells you.
0: Yeah. And also he's, he's a really good broadcaster. He really knows how to navigate the conversation um, and build a narrative. And uh, he knows a lot about... A, a lot of dis, uh, different sports and stuff too. So really good. Right. Should we go watch some football Kev before we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything to say? Because I only have one thing to share with the squaddies and that is Freddy's shirt is up for grabs. Thursday is um, deadline. the deadline. So please make sure you go to our friends at FootballPrizes.co.uk and grab your ticket for those listening on replay. Um, thank you so much for also joining us. Make sure you check out our Good Mates at Football Prizes for the Freddie Lundberg shirt. Jags won the Tierney shirt. <laughs> I didn't know how to break it to everybody. I just thought... <laughs> Do you know
1: what, Soph? Do you know what, Sophie? I kn- I knew he'd win. What is wrong with this football prizes do they just they must just give him something listen squaddies we gotta we gotta buy all the tickets to keep Jags off it
0: and wouldn't it be funny he still would win that's the he'd still win and here come the reactions Kev Matty K (laughs) for the love of Virginia (laughs) Jags again (laughs) oh jeez I'm telling you if you are on a flight I actually think Jags is the black box recorder, Kev. I actually... (laughs) Yeah. You want to be sitting next to him on a flight or anywhere, you know, whatever. Just sit next to him at a roulette table. Anyway, yeah. That
1: guy, listen, fair play to him. He buys his ticket, so he's got an opportunity, doesn't he? That's the thing. He buys his ticket, he's got an opportunity, so... Yeah, you might be right. Like he buys 99% of the tickets. So that's what I'm We're... saying, Squadies. Get in, but get your tickets and, 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 and win it. Do you know what I mean? Let's win it. It okay, doesn't Marlon's win all the just, time, but it just, wins most.
0: Just send in Freddie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was when he him. told
0: me, I'm like, how am I going to break this to everybody? <laughs> he just oh, couldn't stop laughing. So, oh, uh, Kev, okay, anything else to add this fine Tuesday? No, no, okay.
1: no. Listen. Uh, We've had two really good shows, two really Derek Ray and Adam Cattrall for you squaddies after a a little break, which was nice. Don't forget now, Sophie hasn't told you this, but Friday, Sophie, what we're going to do on
0: Friday? So on Friday, uh, as we said last week, Kev put out, Kev says, and he gave you the landscape on the Arteta journey so far from his opinion. And then the what would you do short um, series piece uh, where he asked you about the youngsters and maybe trying to fit them all in together and if we can how the response was insane and brilliant and on Friday's Kev says we're going to go through every single one of them so from both so, shows
1: it's an extended one it's
0: an extended show we're going to do a mega show on Friday so bring your biscuits crikey all of you your digestives if you need cold, your fig rolls a couple
1: of cold ones. Bring it with you.
0: Bring your peanuts and your beer or your biscuits and your tea because you're going to get double the Kev on Friday. All right? And it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And he's going to give you new questions as well. We're going to fit that in too before the Arsenal face Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace as well. So it's a double, double treat on Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. And, of course, on Thursday, we've got the legend that is super – Stevie Nicol, a Liverpool legend – and you got Kev, the legend as well. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, shall I just? What? Are you? What's up, Kev?
1: Stevie Nichol. I can't Are wait. Are you already? ready? I can't <laughs> wait.
0: <laughs> I
1: love him. You know I love himself. He's a great guy. <laughs> He's so good. Squadies, we do have something to discuss with that man, don't we? Yes,
0: we certainly do. He wrote me a little note. I love it. He goes, will you just send me a a little note Thursday morning? i go, don't you worry. You'll get your note on Thursday morning, Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) They're all ready to go, Kev. All right. um, We're going to go catch some football as well. And um, as I said, you don't want to miss Friday's show. If you can't make any other shows this week, Friday's show is going to be the one where, as you know, it's all about you. And you have your voice heard. Let's be honest, you have it heard every single night on the Highbury squad. Even if well,
1: you're
0: not. That's it, Kev. Let's go.
1: So, thanks for another great couple of days. Thanks for today. It was brilliant. Squaddies, we love you. Tell the people that you love and like that you love and like them. Don't be afraid and don't be scared. We'll see you tomorrow. I won't be there. Sophie will look after you tomorrow but I'll see you on Thursday and squaddies you know what's next at ease and enjoy the football
0: mind the gap between the train and the platform please stand clear of the discussion doors the next stop is Highbury squad